Māori visual artist Dr Maureen Lander is a visionary, a leading exponent of customary and experimental weaving, an installation artist and a mentor to many. Added to her extensive list of achievements is being named the 2022 Arts Foundation Te Tumu Toi Laureate, receiving the Teresa Gatting Female Arts Practitioners Award. Back in 1984, she learnt flax harvesting, processing and weaving techniques from the hugely respected weaver and artist Digeris de Kanoa. While honouring those traditional techniques, the Elam Art School graduate also integrates them with Western art materials like nylon fishing line and mesh. In 2020, Maureen became a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit for services to Māori art. In recent years, she's collaborated with the Wahine Māori Mata'aho Collective, also named as one of this year's Arts Laureates. Mata'aho, it's been such a privilege to be working with them. They sort of, we got to know each other and they asked me if I would be their mentor. And then they got invited to go to Documenta. So they hopped on their Kiko Moana and they've been on this big wave ever since. And then they kind of pulled me on with them for Atapur. And uh, it's too much excitement at my time of life, but, you know, it's fun. And I've really loved working with them. They make me feel young again. And when we work together, it is fun. So I've, I'm very grateful to them. I, and, you know, I just like to be on the edges and not in the centre, really. We know, of course, that in 1984, you learnt from Digeris Te Kanoa, extraordinary um, to learn from her. But was there any history in your whānau of weaving, of, of feeling the flax in your fingers? Not really. I loved making things, and my mother was very good at sewing. My grandmother, she had kete, but she I never saw her making them. She was very good at knitting and crochet and all of those kind of skills, as was Digger and Rangimaria Hetit. They were all very skilled at dressmaking and um, knitting, crochet. So mum never really had time, I don't think, to weave. (laughs) Although Digger did, and she had a bigger family than we had. Yes. So what led you to her and what led you to wanting to spend this time, this thought, this energy in learning all of these techniques of weaving, not just the weaving itself but everything that goes into it, the harvesting of the flax, the processing of the flax? I had started working with other materials like clay and leather and I was really looking for a material that I could create um, a kind of a language with that just felt right and when I um, saw what Digger was doing I called in at Ohaki one time and saw the mocha I just fell in love with it the whole process of seeing it extracted it was like magic and she let me put my name down in the little notebook and then she called me up and uh, said would I like to come down for a few days for my first Wānanga with her and there were only three of us so it was it was really lovely just learning from Digger and working into the night and her sitting and telling us stories and showing us all the beautiful cloaks that she and her mum had made it was inspiring 
that was it. That's what I wanted to do, work with that material or, or materials like that. I've worked with pinga and kuta and other weaving materials. But along with that went the learning in a situation that is different from a place like Elam, where it's all about the individual. And I just loved the, the way that people came together and created something like the Tukutuku in the meeting house, all working together. What was the most challenging aspect of this customary practice? I mean, Flax has its own personality, you know, its own its own challenges. So when you were studying and learning, what took the longest, do you think, to master? I'm still learning. It's still got its secrets and um, I'm still discovering them. But... Um, I guess what felt a little bit difficult to begin with was to bring it into the into Elam as a material for making art when most people considered it to be a craft material. And um, it felt right to me, but it took um, other people a while, I think, to see it as a... Um, a good material for making large installations with and even the weavers I think were surprised by what I did with what I learned except Digger she was always very accepting and very interested in what I did with what she taught me. Digger herself was innovative and I mean a lot of people don't know that if you'd have to compare the cloaks that she and Rangi Maria made with the cloaks that were made a hundred years earlier and you would see that they were innovative in the way they made them and the skills they kept alive so that um, the Korowai for instance had a lot of techniques in it which were being kept alive which wouldn't have been in early Korowai. What were some of the earliest works then? You mentioned the installation, and we know you for your large-scale installations. And, of course, when, often when I think of weaving, I think of the cloaks, and they could take months, if not years. So how are you able to use these skills for these large works, many of these large works that you create? I know they are collaborative. Yes, well, that helps. I've never had a trouble or a problem filling space because I use light and I use shadow and I use nylon fishing line. And I, I have always used nylon fishing line alongside mocha because when you think about it, they are functionally related. The nylon has just stepped in and does all the things that mocha used to do, like fishing line, fishing nets, even raincoats, you know. So I, I, it's about relationships. And if I work with a material like nylon fishing line and a material like mocha, I can fill the space in a way that catches the light and it's not solid, you know, it moves. And the nylon works backlit and the mocha works frontlit. So together they can create something that I couldn't do just using one of, the, one of them. 
and colour. I also think of, of colour with your work and again the collaboration with the uh, Mata Aho Collective. So much colour. You know, those big installations that we saw at the Auckland Art Gallery were just extraordinary. Do you enjoy colour? Do you, I mean, do you think of yourself as a colourist? I do like colour. I tend to like natural colours. And to begin with, I was using natural dyes. But for Atapur, I went right to the sort of range of colours you might get in the sun, sunrise. And um, that's quite a big range. Using mainly commercial dyes that I know won't fade because um, the vegetable dyes will fade. So that's a consideration if you're making an artwork that needs to have some longevity. But you, I mean, this has been your custom also, isn't it, to bring together, to weave together, if you like, the Māori techniques and art forms and materials and Western art forms. And you studied fine arts, in fact, at university. So you delve into both kite really for your art making, right? I do. And I'm very interested and have written quite a lot about it. The use of wool in cloaks, the response by Māori women to being taught embroidery by missionary wives and how they both the stitches and the colours went straight into the cloaks in the early 1800s. And uh, there was a, a flowering, really of response to new materials. And that's what the tradition is, is to respond to what's available and to innovate. As you explained, you learnt the traditional skills with Digger and brought them to Elam and have um, integrated them into your art practice. For the next generations of weavers with whom you work, do you still feel that learning the, the customary skills is the best possible maybe starting point, even if you want to play and experiment with weaving, that knowing and understanding those traditional customary skills is helpful? Oh, absolutely, yes. But I wouldn't get stuck in what people say is tradition because um, I don't think that ever happened. It's, it's not a one way of doing something. There would be many ways of extracting mocha, for instance. I love that kids are now making kit sets, like the, the ones I had on the wall for flat pack whakapapa. They're making them out of paper and sticky tape and making them very colourful. And I, I think that's fine, but they're doing the fitty with them, you know? They're doing the braiding technique. So there's always something that can translate that comes from the tradition. Maureen, when you are weaving, do you lose yourself in it? There's the smell, there's the rhythm, there's the beginning by going and harvesting, and that's the connection with the papatuanuku and with the plant, and it all sort of has that lovely rhythm, and often I don't know what it is I'm going to make I just feel like, oh, well, I'll go and harvest. The plant is ready for me to harvest. I'll go and harvest it and make some more mocha. I always need mocha. While I'm doing that rhythmic thing, all sorts of ideas start to flow. And it feels to me like 
that is actually part of the process from the brain to the fingers or the fingers to the brain and back. May I ask what you're working on at the moment? I'm working on my archive with my daughter, trying to make sense of it all, mainly before my early slides are no longer viable. They've already lost colour. So we're just trying to rescue and digitise a lot of the early images because that's what's all that's left of many of my installations. So that's a big project. I'm so moved by the fact that your daughter is working with you on your archive and representing you. Is she also a weaver or is her gift to you in supporting you with your work? She came through Elam doing printmaking. She's been in living in Australia for the last 20 years and uh, lost her job during COVID and it took a while for her to come home. So she's come home and because I had some funding, um, she's the perfect person to be helping me with that, with the archive. What are some of the materials that you've experimented with that have surprised and delighted you? You mentioned before that nylon fishing line you've used for a long time now, but I just wondered because you strike me as someone who might look at, at feathers or other materials or other plants and go, oh, that could have promise. Well, yes, I have used other plants and feathers. I'd have to say insect mesh was pretty exciting. It's got that beautiful moire effect and you can attach to it. I had used it two or three times before the Artipore piece, but I think I could still play with a material like that and do quite different things. I've used shade cloth. Um, and attached silver fern so they look like kiwi feathers and then made kits that look like um, I was calling them kiwi identikete because they had both the silver fern and the kiwi feather look to them. I'm often playing with ideas and concepts you know it's not just about an object it's about all the things around that object there's layers these relationships and I think I'm I'm always connecting things in my mind anyway to other things that I might have done. Weaver, installation artist, mentor and now Arts Foundation laureate Dr Maureen Lander with images of some of her recent work at rnz.co.nz slash standing room only.